3: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
4: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's your boy, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Wednesday, June 30th. And boy, do we have a podcast for you. If you like the NBA, smash that subscribe button. As my young son says, yes, he started watching some YouTube clips and he's walking around the house saying, smash that like button, dad. And I'm always cracking up, so I thought I'd incorporate. Smash that subscribe button, new listeners. Oh my gosh. Not only are we gonna talk about the wild and wacky NBA playoffs, Giannis, the latest star to get injured. Trey Young didn't even play last night. And the Hawks rolled the bucks, but Giannis going down is the bigger news. We'll talk about that. But you guys are gonna love today's guest. His name is Cuffs the Legend. He's been on before. One of the most popular NBA guests we've had. We've had almost everybody in the NBA orbit. Still have not gotten Woj on the pod yet. We do go back. We were texting this week. I'm working on it, folks. Uh, it's, ESPN starting to crack down on who they let come on the podcast. I will just say that. However, we need to, uh, but, well, before we get to the Hawks, I, I just need to pump up my main man cuffs. First of all, we like on this show, and in life, I like to buy value stocks. Buy them low before they pop. Right, you like to buy low, sell high. I told you guys about Cuffs the Legend a while back. He he's been uh, out there, you know. Kevin Durant's in his Instagram mentions. Uh, he's friendly with LeBron. He he's gotten in with the NBA players. I'm just telling you guys. You want to buy an early NBA stock. This guy is funny. He's interesting. He's plugged in. You've got to kind of read between the lines as to what he's saying on some stuff. We talked Brad Beal, Ben Simmons, the Damian Lillard situation in Portland. Um, Paul George, Luka Doncic, Donovan Mitchell. I, I don't want to go too overboard, but keep an eye on Donovan Mitchell in Utah while he's in Utah. I'll just say that. We'll get to all that later. But I need to start the pod today. You know, uh, oftentimes in sports, w- we need to seek clarity as to what the hell's happening. And in the NBA playoffs, usually it's pretty clear. The best teams with the best stars usually cut through. Not a ton of surprises in in getting to the NBA finals. Occasionally, yeah, you'll have a Portland breakthrough to the Western Conference finals. And yes, Atlanta broke through to the Eastern Conference finals way ahead of schedule. And occasionally have wacky stuff in the playoffs. But usually, by the time of the finals, you get the best two teams standing, or at least two of the best three teams. Last year, you know, the Miami Heat took down Giannis and the Bucks, were a bit of a surprise entrant, although they were built for the bubble. Lakers, obviously, LeBron. I mean, LeBron went to the finals. Eight years in a row. Okay? Whether it was Miami, um, whether it was Cleveland, you know, getting back to the Lakers, these healthies in the finals. I mean, we are used to standard operating procedure of the stars breaking through. And occasionally stars will have a tough time, but there's five or six stars and they usually get to the finals. Folks, I wonder if we need to stop expecting and just start appreciating. That ain't happening this year. Let's just appreciate the guys we've got, like Bogdan Bogdanovich. Oh, what an unbelievable—I mean, so Trey Young is ruled out yesterday, okay? And everybody says the Bucks are going to win. I, I had the Bucs. I had the under. The under hit. The Bucs did not. And what happens? Mike Budenholzer pulling his patented— uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to get my team fired up. I'm clueless. I'm down 10 in the first quarter. I'm down 15 in the second. I'm down 20 in the third. I mean, like, I don't, I just don't know how Bucks brass can look Budenholzer in the eye after a performance like this. You're up 2 1. You've got a chance to step on their throat and go back and close it out in Milwaukee. The, the Hawks are without their best player. They started Lou Chicken Wings Williams at point guard. The Clippers barely played him in the bubble and banished him. They got him out of town, and the Bucs just could get nothing going at either end, and they got run over. But the big news is, of course, Giannis goes down, and it looked real scary. It looked like he hyperextended it, maybe worse. He was down for a while, didn't look like he could walk off. Then you could see him fighting it and saying, no, I want to walk off. He comes back to the bench, takes a look at the scoreboard. I think they're down like 24. The second Giannis goes out, I think it was a 12-2 Hawks run, and that's a wrap. Then Giannis goes back to the dressing room. And now everybody just waits for the news from Woj about Giannis's status. Is he getting an—what does the MRI say? We should know sometime today. But the bottom line is the Bucs should not have been in the position where they were down 10, down 15 with Giannis on the court. Folks, I just need to remind everybody, we even talked about this yesterday. The Bucs had been healthy. What had the Hawks been doing? Getting nothing from their second-best player. Bogdan Bogdanovich. just stat is crazy. Bogdanovich last night, 6 of 14 on threes. Un- unbelievable performance. Where has this been? Well, he's been banged up. Last six games, he made five three-pointers total. Early part of this series and the end of the Sixer series. Last six games, Bogdanovich 5 for 26 from deep. Last night, 6 of 14. Where was the defense? I, I-, I could sit here and waste my time just bashing the hell out of Budenholzer. But Chris Middleton, another egg of a performance. I'm so glad I didn't bet on this guy. And it's so funny. These NBA playoffs, you just flip-flop after every game. Remember, we got to run through Middleton. Oh, my gosh, he's so good. The Hawks are better when they run through Middleton. 0 for 7 on threes. 16 points. 6 of 17 shooting. Four turnovers. Drew Holiday. Starting to come back to reality after the first couple good games. 6 of 17 shooting. The bench was laughable. Bobby Portis, who people want to talk up as like a six-man candidate this year. I mean, come on, get get out of here. This, this team is, oh, what a nightmare. And of course, the one Hawks player I bet on, I said, I think John Collins. This was before Trey was ruled out. I bet on John Collins over points. I said, listen, if somebody's going to step up, it's going to be one of their veterans who knows how to get buckets. I, I'm betting on John Collins. And of course, he did nothing. Lou Williams uh, was really good, 21 points. And the Hawks win. And now we wait for Giannis. And folks, if Giannis is out, for the rest of the series, and Trey Young is able to return, the Hawks are going to the NBA Finals. And I, I listen, I, I don't want to call these the fraudulent NBA playoffs, but let's just let reality sink in for a minute. The Suns were supposed to close out the Clips on Monday night. They're at home. They come out, lay a colossal egg, and now they got to go to L.A. for Game 6 tonight. The Bucks were supposed to put their foot on the throat of the Hawks and go up 3-1 and go back and close it out in Milwaukee. They vomit all over themselves in the first half, going to halftime down 13, and then Giannis might have shredded his knee. I don't know. It did not look good. I'm hopeful Giannis is able to return. I hope I did not put the injury hex on the Bucs as some of you guys claimed on social media last night because I've been talking about how healthy the Bucs have been. I, can you trust anybody left in these NBA playoffs? But the, re, the answer is no. I'm sorry. You cannot trust the Clippers. Anytime you expect the Clippers to show up, they poop all over themselves. I am 100% betting on the Phoenix Suns tonight to close out the series in L.A. Everybody's back on the Clippers. Everybody's on the Suns last game. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm riding the Suns again. Suns will win tonight. Everybody thought the Bucs had this, and the Hawks just put a beat down on them. And frankly, I don't know if the Bucs can close them out. If Giannis is not 100%, I mean, really, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what is the option without Giannis. I mean, you're looking at a front line of Brooke Lopez and P.J. Tucker. I mean, are you rolling with Pat Connaughton? Bryn Forbes has been a, on a milk carton since that opening round series against the Heat. The Bucks are just not a very good team without Giannis. Uh, uh, can Middleton and Holiday get you home? I think sure as shit could not do it in Game 4. So I have little faith at all in the Bucs. I do think the Suns close it out tonight, but listen, hey. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh ghastly. Anyways, without further ado, let's get to our guest. Uh, You know him as Cuffs the Legend. Now, I do want to say, we recorded this on Tuesday before Hawks-Bucks. So we did not get into Giannis, did not get too much into Trey Young. He referred to last night a lot. You know, we recorded this Tuesday. um, And he was referring to the Paul George game. We talked about that. I think you guys will like this. Um, So without further ado, here is Cuffs the Legend on the NBA offseason, which looks like, folks, it's going to be complete and utter madness.
1: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Fire the grill and fire up the party. Get the Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Smoke, roast, and sear on the same grill. Go from low and slow on smoke boost mode at 180 degrees, all the way to high heat sear at 600 degrees. A much bigger range than most grills. It's got a full grate sear zone so you can put more food on the flame. Utilize the smoke boost setting to intensify that smoky flavor. Direct flame cooking create searing crisping and browning. food will look as good as it tastes. This grill is hot in 15 minutes and cleanup is easy. You'll cook on two levels at the same time so you can make enough for every one then clean up quick with the pull and clean grease and ash management system at the front of the grill. Cook confidently with intuitive digital controls at the grill and enjoy the sleek easy to use surface. You can also add a heavy duty rotisserie, or rust-resistant griddle insert to up your game. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood Pellet Grill.
3: Paid by up-level rewards. Paid participation required. after portrayal.
5: Attention all listeners. Are you ready to earn $750? Well, get ready because I'm about to introduce you to GetMy750.com, the ultimate way to earn. Here's the scoop. Instead of just streaming shows or playing games on your phone for nothing, you have the chance to earn additional cash. That's right. From trying out new subscriptions to playing your favorite mobile games, you can get extra cash in your pocket. Simply sign up at GetMy750.com and follow the instructions to start earning immediately. So, what are you waiting for? Turn your favorite apps into real cash. With GetMy750.com, don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to earn rewards for things you're already doing on your phone. Check out GetMy750.com today. That's right. Get started right now at GetMy750.com. Just go to GetMy750.com or Google Get My 750 Cash. Follow the simple instructions and get your $750. That's GetMy750.com. GetMy750.com.
3: You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
5: I know what sports
2: fans
3: want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say
1: I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
3: All right, let's
4: welcome into Straight Fire. uh, I would say back by popular demand, uh, because we did have him on er a couple months back, and the the reaction was enormous. A lot of people listening to what he has to say. He's famous on the internet. Uh, He's got Kevin Durant in his mentions on the IG. Uh, He is Cuffs the legend, Uh, real name Brandon. We won't mention his last name now, but uh, Cuffs, good to have you back,
6: man. Man, I'm glad to be back, Jason. Glad to be back.
4: Yeah, yeah. You know, we like to get in early and buy stock early in people. And obviously, we we like the cut of your jib. And uh, so we wanted to have you back. NBA playoffs in full swing. Let's start with the Clippers, if you don't mind. Um, Paul George, go.
6: <laughs> man, Paul George is the most fascinating. It's like the Dos Equis commercial. He's the most interesting man in the world right now. Like, he really is the most interesting <laughs> basketball player. I've never seen anything like this, like how he can go from, I mean, it's so crazy where like last night was one of the greatest performances we've ever seen in in that situation, back against the wall elimination game. He is 41, you know, on the road. But uh, like I mentioned on Twitter last night, the pressure is right back on him within 24 hours to do it again. And I I just feel like he kind of dug himself a hole uh, a couple of years ago when he uh gave himself the nickname uh as we all know uh playoff P but uh i mean to keep it real with you Jason is starting to look like he might he might be telling us the truth he might not he might be playoff P in spurts though. well in spurts
4: <laughs> see that's the thing he's not consistent and I- i'm want to go back to when he was a pacer and i'll never forget that the series he went toe to toe with lebron when lebron was on the heatels yeah and uh, cuffs. You remember that Paul George was like ascending at like twenty five. He exceeded all expectations coming out of what Fresno.
2: Fresno. State, um, yeah,
4: this guy was like a late lottery pick, and he was at the time. You know, I, I thought he was the top ten player in the league.
6: I mean, skill wise, right? If we just talk about yeah. his, if we just talk about skill wise and his toolbox offensively, I mean, I put him in the same echelon with with Kevin Durant, I and mean, he's a slight like slightly oh. below Kevin Durant, but he can do anything okay. on the basketball court. I mean, he can get to his spots. He got a mid-range game. He can handle the ball really well. I mean, his change of direction is is elite. Uh, he can score from all three waves, and and he's one of the most talented offensive players we've seen in the league. I Like you said, I think it's all mental, and it's the same thing I tell with kids that I train and I coach. Like, the game is – if you had to quantify it, man, I would say basketball is – it's probably 70, 70% mental. I'm saying for the guys that already have the mm. physical tools, like it's so, it's so much of a mental game, man. And, and I just feel like sometimes he has, he has, he, he overthinks the game. Like he overthinks certain situations. He overthinks certain moments. And, um, I actually think Paul George, cause I actually seen him at the hotel at, at the all-star game. He's kind of like a real laid back reserve dude, man. Um, And I think he's kind of a shy guy. His personality, I think he's more of an introverted, shy guy. And I think that sometimes comes back to bite him in certain pressure moments. But I found myself rooting for Paul George, man. Yeah. He's been getting all the slander for years now. Everybody's making jokes on Twitter. Everything. Well, that's the thing.
4: Let's try to get to the root of it. Besides giving himself the nickname, was it forcing his way out of Indiana? Was it, you know, the cigars with Russell Westbrook after he he said no to the Lakers and kind of stayed in OKC? Yeah, Um, and that was it. Leaving to play with Kawhi Leonard? Was it hitting the side of the backboard in the bubble? And, And I got one more question on that, like. You you said the mental aspect. Everybody wanted to give Kevin Love a pass when he said, man, mentally, you know, I've got all these problems and issues and I'm overthinking stuff and anxiety, whatever. Everybody gave him a pass. And now Paul George says the same thing in the bubble. And it's like, oh, he's soft. He's not built for it. What what is that exactly?
6: That's a good, that's a good uh, assessment, man, because uh, Kevin Love did come out and say that about his mental health issues. And Paul George blatantly came out in the bubble, like you said, and said, yo, bro, I'm dealing with demons. I'm fighting demons. And it's like, it's the same exact thing Kevin Love said, but I feel like the expectations of Paul George are so high. and I said this on Twitter recently that I think sometimes we criticize Paul George because we see how talented he really is. Like, we see what he can be. Like, we see him as, like I said, he's so skilled. Like, he showed us last night that, it's only a handful of players in the whole world that can do what he did last night, you know, like that type of performance in that situation. But it's like, like you said, the inconsistency part is what we always look at like, damn, why can't he just do this on a consistent night in night out basis? Cause, cause if you ask me right now, Paul George is, he's a legit number one. Like he's, he's really, he's really silenced a lot of critics in this playoff run. This is one of the best playoff runs Regardless of outcome, like he said, regardless of outcome, you know, regardless of uh, what goes down in the next two games, I feel like Paul George has really uh, – he's really saved his face in a lot of regards, man, as far as his legacy. Uh,
4: is there an element of house money here? Hey, man, every time we're down o two 2 uh, against Dallas, we're down o two 2 against Utah – you know, uh, we're down three-one against. Like, it, I, I didn't, I, I didn't give Ty Lue enough respect. Maybe I, I've always been a Paul George guy. Yeah, you, know, you bash him when he's awful and he misses free throws. That's fine. Happens to everybody. But how much of this is Paul George and how much is Ty Lue? Because you know, cuffs. I, I mm. haven't been the biggest Ty Lue proponent. I'm sure you're going to come after me. I did have an NBA assistant coach say, "Listen, Jay, you're being too hard on Ty Lue." He texted me that, and I was like, "Okay, maybe yeah. I'm a little harsh." Um I I don't know, man. He's had LeBron and Kawhi. And now what he's done um, with Kawhi gone, with Ibaka gone, Zuba, I I was impressed last night.
6: Man, elimination game, Tyloo, is a different animal, man. (laughs) Elimination game. I think he's 10-2, right? 10-2 in elimination games?
4: 10-2, and yes, sir. Yeah. So
6: you're 10-2 in elimination games. I think a lot of that speaks volumes of the personality of Tyloo more than the actual X and O's and and just drawing up plays because he is pretty good out of timeouts. Uh, as far as his play calling and stuff. But I mean, even during the course of the game, like Paul George, he went I, I mean, um Tyloo went to a zone last night, I think. He went to a zone last night and that kind of stifled the Suns a little bit.
4: Yeah, Chris Chris Paul could not get his his favorite shot. No elbow jumper, no, yeah. man, he just couldn't do anything.
6: So I think I think uh, Tyloo deserves a lot of credit for just being a resilient coach because a lot of times you can see your coach panic at any level of basketball. I don't care if it's middle school, high school college pro you can see a good player or or certain players on the team can sense when their coaches panic and just like when Shaq uh when Shaq dubbed uh, Stan Van Gunny the master of panic a couple years back <laughs> <laughs> like it's like certain guys where you can kind of see a, you can kind of see them on the sideline and Frank Vogel I mean not to not to discredit Frank Vogel but Frank Vogel kind of shows that body language sometimes even in these playoffs where it's like mm. Man, I have no idea what's going on over here. But uh, Ty, Ty Lu uh, has that poker face, and I think his team feeds off of that energy. And those guys never quit, man. They always battle. So I think this series is more than likely going seven games, Jason.
4: Woof. All right. Well, let me ask you about Frank Vogel. Uh, oh, let know. me say this. Let me say what? this. Let uh, okay. This. Hold, let oh, me say this, though. Okay, go ahead.
6: In my heart, I feel like it's going to go seven just because of the way it's looking. But I'm also thinking, man, like the basketball guys are very petty. They're very petty. <laughs> so you got to look at this game last night. Like everything went wrong for the Suns last night. They could possibly go wrong. Like they just played a yes. a, a clunky game. It was ugly. It was, DeAndre Ayton did not show up. He didn't know. show up at all. Like he, he looked like, uh, he looked like Yinka dare last night. Oh, gosh. What a
4: Yinka. I haven't heard a Yinka Dare reference in a while. Yinka, Nicely man, done.
6: Man, he was terrible last night. I mean, if you look at the size advantage that he had, he should have really had 20 and 20 last night. No, no, zoo back in there for yeah. the Clippers. But I mean, I think it's, I think it's going, I think it can be a situation where the basketball gods have set us up, Jason, for Chris Paul to eliminate the Clippers on their home floor in Staples. I think we might get, I, I hope that's what we get because I'm rooting for Chris Paul, you know, the North Carolinian, the connection. But yeah, oh man, it's, it's a lot of drama now. It's spicy. It's real spicy now. Jason. I, I,
4: Speaking of spicy, I should add that uh, Paul George uh, in game 4 at home was 5 for 20, 1 of 9 on threes, uh, uh, and was all around awful. Uh, but that, 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 listen, I'm I'm not going to hammer. I know that could easily happen in the next game. That's but I want to ask about up. Vogel cuz you know, listen, you you made no secret obviously you're a LeBron guy and LeBron by all accounts wanted Tyloo. Yes, right? He wanted Tyloo. What yeah. happened? What do you know about what happened that hasn't been reported?
6: I Man, I can't really speak on a certain certain uh things that happened with the Lakers coaching search uh that year. But I really think that it wasn't just a LeBron situation where LeBron wanted his guy that, that he's been in a foxhole with and he's won his championship. In my opinion, the greatest championship we've ever seen, that three one comeback against the seventy three and nine and they live Warriors. But oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> I, I I just think Ty Lu was so like his presence would have been Perfect for Anthony Davis and LeBron and those other guys. Just I just feel like it's a it's a it's a certain connection certain guys have with certain coaches you can't explain. Like like we're seeing with Monty Williams right now with that young Phoenix team with Chris Paul. It's like certain, it's just a certain wavelength guys are on, and it's a chemistry that with their coach you can't explain, man. And that that's beautiful at all levels. But um like I don't think Vogel is a bad coach at all. I mean, they won a championship you know, last year, but sometimes you can win a championship despite your coach, and I think a lot of fans don't realize that. Oh. Like, you can okay, win it.
4: Okay, let's back up. Uh, it, so Ty Lue wins the title beating the 73-win uh, Warriors, right? Yeah. They come back from 3-1. Then the Cavs fire him the next year because, you know, six games in, they're like, hey, we're tanking. Ty Lue's like, fine, get me out of here. How come no other team in the league jumped at Ty Lue? And he had no because, other offers other than the Lakers, which had LeBron at that point.
6: Because to answer that question, man, to be quite frankly honest with you, a lot of these front office people do not understand basketball, mm. bro. Like they have suits on, they got their Armani suits on, they got they sit in the boardroom, they don't really watch, they don't really watch certain intricate details when it, whether it's coaching or strategy, like they don't see certain things, man. You see it all the time with these retread coaches that keep getting these same jobs, Like they get fired from this job and they have a net. Like Ty Lou, I don't think you, I don't want to say it was a racial thing because we do have a disparate, Mm. you know, a a disparate. Like we have a bad situation right now with the the amount of African-American coaches in the league, man. But I mean, that guy with his pedigree, that you would think there's no way in the world he would be an assistant coach on Doc Rivers staff. I mean, he's already done that before. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like he, he won And that
4: him. was that but, So everybody's asking me why are you, why are you so down on Ty and I you know maybe this was a bit harsh to me but I was like listen, I know he won the title with LeBron, but cuffs like no other team, I mean there was at least I'm going to guess 10 teams that had new coaches and they could have gone after Ty Lue and I don't remember any of them going after him. So it and you're you could be right about the front office stuff. Look at the Utah Jazz. They fire their their guy this week Dennis Lindsey. Um, and that's like an underreported story. Apparently, you know, they're worried about Donovan Mitchell. But look, I, Jason, I don't know how plugged in you are. Yeah, go I, ahead, go.
6: I've heard about that. But the NBA is also, just like other industries in this world, the music business, the NBA is no different as far. It's a country club aspect to every mm. every conglomerate. Like the NBA is no different, man. So we see we see Flip Saunders. I think it was a Flip Saunders son that was the coach for the Wolves. They gave him yeah. a job. But you see how quick that was right. over? like. Then we see the neck we see uh, Lloyd Pierce, who I consider, a, that's one of my good friends, Um, a guy I look up to, a mentor. But Lloyd Pierce, he wasn't really giving a fair shake with the Hawks. I mean, they had injuries. They had all type of situations going on within that team that a lot of people don't know about. But Nate... So McNeil- well, the
4: Trey Young, can you speak about the Trey Young stuff? Because, you know, if you don't get along with a star in the league, we know you're in trouble.
6: Yeah, it's like it's kind of like going back to Doug Collins and Michael Jordan. Like, uh, coaches gonna bump heads, but they start players sometimes. But... I feel like every situation is different. And sometimes depending on your race, you know, you might get a shorter leash. I mean, just keep it real with you. Like some black coaches get a shorter leash and we've seen that for a mm-hmm. long time, just like we've seen on Twitter for the last two years where, you know, if a black coach gets fired is they just say he's fired most of the time. But if the white coach gets fired it's Oh, they mutually parted ways. Like that's, that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a crazy thing to me. And a lot of people are starting to notice that, but. I mean, I think Ty Lue, man, like his resume is solidified. Um, I just feel like he's he has more respect in the locker room than a lot of coaches that have a better resume than him, to be honest. Like I feel like players respect uh Ty Lue more than more than Doc Rivers, as we can see by how the Clippers are react are responding to him. Like it's the same uh, rock, the yeah. same it's the same roster, pretty much. I mean, he got a couple of young guys, Terrence Mann. Uh, Reggie Jackson, who is looking like like he won a max contract, your guy, (laughs) yeah, franchise player Reggie. Who who, I want
4: I want to stay on the coaches, but I have to because you mentioned Reggie Jackson. If you are the Knicks or the Heat and you need a point guard, are you going after Lonzo Ball or Reggie Jackson?
6: Man, Reggie Jackson has made himself a lot of money, and um, because I remember back when LeBron's first year in Miami. I think it was 2011 when they had the draft. And uh, Pat Riley really wanted uh, Reggie Jackson coming out of Boston College. Like, he was really high on Reggie Jackson. And uh, I think Oklahoma City picked him 24th that year, a couple picks ahead of Miami, so he didn't get to fall to uh, to Miami. But I think Pat Riley's still enamored by Reggie Jackson. And that could be a good quality fit because Dragan's is just getting older. And I don't think that he really have a lot of confidence in Kendrick Nunn like they did a year ago. So... I think Reggie Jackson has a lot of leverage in free agency, man. Like mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson and Cameron Payne are two of the most beautiful stories I've seen in this playoff. Like yeah. it's like redemption story because Reggie yeah. Jackson, two, listen, Jackson, you know as I know, you're a basketball peers. Like two or three weeks ago, Reggie Jackson was still getting slandered like he's always been for years. Like, he's totally rewritten his whole. Well,
4: well, this is a guy. Remember, in OKC, Reggie Jackson basically was like butting heads with Westbrook, saying, Listen, I should be playing over Westbrook.
5: <laughs> and eventually
4: they got sick of it. They got him out of town. They're yeah. like, Go to Detroit. And then he goes to Detroit. And he's like, This should be my team. They give him all the money. And then next thing you know, they buy him out a couple of years later. Like, and I'm, I'm with you. Like, I did a podcast on the redemption of Reggie Jackson simply because in life, a lot of people got to go through this. Yeah. Like there are going to be tough times. Reggie Jackson came out, like you said, first round pick. He was supposed to be the guy. And maybe now he's all grown up at what, 28, 29 years old.
6: So do you think the Clippers are going to give Reggie Jackson that bag and bring him back to LA? And then they can just. They I can, don't think uh, they can afford him. But what if Kawhi Leonard walks and goes to Portland, though?
4: Oh, all right. Wait, wait, wait. Time out. We need to back up. <laughs> oh, no, Portland. Okay, Portland. You backed up. Kawhi Leonard walking, going to Portland. Yeah, he's going to go to Portland, I'm sure. So, hold, hey, up, hold up. You, you said, never, you you said never know.
6: You never know this with is Kawhi Leonard. True.
4: And we got, listen, we got Ben Simmons to get to, um, Dame okay. Lillard, Bradley Beal. But Okay, let's go to Portland. This whole Chauncey Billups hiring thing is mind-blowing to me. And... You know, the Portland fans are outraged because of some alleged sexual assault that might have happened 23 years ago. Oh, um, okay. And now they're pinning it on Damian Lillard, and they're angry at him. And Dame is, like, throwing his hands up, like, I'm done with you people. I, I can't handle this. You know, Chauncey Billups is supposed to be that Ty Lue-type guy, right? Yeah, Where he gets along with the players. What What do you see happening with Dame Lillard in Portland?
6: I mean, if I... If I had one wish, it would be Damian Lillard to uh, you know, go to the Lakers and play with LeBron and AD. Like I would probably sacrifice one of my of family members. I would trade in one of my family members <laughs> right now to get Dame on the Lakers, but I know that's a long shot. Uh but Dame, man, I think he's he's very loyal. That's one thing I could say about Dame. Like I've had a few conversations with Dame. Um like you follow me on Twitter for a long time. Damian Lillard is very loyal, but my only fear with Damian Lillard is I hope he doesn't become too loyal like Kevin Garnett did with Minnesota for all those years. Mm. That's that's the best way I can describe it. Like I hope his loyalty doesn't override the reality and the pre because I think he's gonna start to feel that pressure because we know how talented he is. And it just feels like he belongs in these moments. Like it just feels like like that moment that Paul George has last night. We've seen Damon Lillard have those moments like in the first round in the first round series or even a second round series, but I want to see Dame on the highest stage in the conference finals in the finals. And just like Chris Paul, like I, I'm probably going to cry if Chris Paul make it to the finals, bro. I know what he's been through. Uh, yeah.
4: I, I know. Yeah, what well, he, yeah. You you are a Chris Paul guy.
6: Yeah. I know what he's been through, man. And it's like with Dame, like, I don't want to see Dame waste a lot of his golden years in Portland. And then like they've done a, a, a decent job of putting certain guys around him. CJ, him and CJ have the best chemistry in any backcourt to me. Uh, Nurkic is pretty good on the inside. But I just feel like it's like the uh, Portland Trailblazers have always been that dish that you bring to Thanksgiving that's always missing like an ingredient. Like, oh, it's missing something. Like, they're always missing something, like every season. So, um, Chauncey Billups, I think he's going to be the right guy for that job. I just don't know how long Dame is going to remain patient because he's starting to hear the rumblings, man. When you start to hear those whispers from the fans, see the pressure always comes from the fans, bro. Cause those guys, well, read, those guys read Twitter. They y- they read the timeline more than anybody. But
4: does. but but that's the thing. Cuffs should they? Like, I, 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 what's the value in that? Who cares what some of these fans think? Who really gives a rip? What <laughs> some Durant. of these uneducated buffoons? You know, these guys have like, uh, you know, silly uh, avatars and you know, dogs and all this <laughs> stuff. Like, who cares what these people think? I know Kevin Durant does, but Kevin you Durant brought up too. Kevin Garnett.
6: Kevin Durant cares. Kevin Durant
4: does, yes. Yeah, I don't know why, but uh, he does. So Kevin Garnett, uh, Minnesota. I just looked this up. He was a 10-time All-Star and a league MVP. Yep. Okay, I don't know if Dame's been a 10-time All-Star and he has not won an MVP. Kevin Garnett was traded for Ryan Gomes, Gerald Green, Al Jefferson, Theo Ratliff, Bassey Telfair, and a first-round pick.
6: Howie Are Robert. you
4: kidding me? Why, why couldn't Dame go to the Lakers for Kuzma, Schroeder in a sign-and-trade, THT and any other picks that the Lakers are able to give up.
6: That's a good question, man. How and is it
4: that much different than than the Kevin Garnett deal?
6: It, it's not different at all. So I am actually hoping that happens, man, so I can enjoy this Lakers championship in the middle of the ocean next summer. I really hope what you just said. I hope what you just said happens. Uh and I got love for Kuzma, man. I got love for THT like I love those guys, but they're the only yeah. trade asset that the Lakers have at this moment. So I feel like it's going We've reached we've reached a crossroads this summer, man, with yeah. the Lakers. We've reached a crossroads as far as I think we're going to see some um some explosive moves from Rob Palenka, man. Lord. Well, would, would you
4: So Dame Dame is pie in the sky, bit of a pipe dream. CJ McCollum could be had for much less. Yes. Uh, I don't know yes. how many times CJ McCollum's been an all-star, but let's be real. He is a good player. I <laughs> he fits with LeBron and AD cuz he can shoot, but I don't know. Is, I mean, is CJ McCollum a thirty million dollar guy?
6: I mean, in this marketplace, he he definitely is because he's guaranteed twenty one, twenty two points a game, twenty three a game. I think so. I mean, he's he's on that second tier of uh, of star players. Like he's never made an All Star game. Second but or third? Second, third, what?
4: Uh, second or third tier? Like Jamal Murray is probably second yeah yeah tier, yeah. Right? Or exactly. first. I, I
6: feel like I feel like uh, CJ McCollum is right there on that on that on that tier of players mm. with Jamal Murray because. I mean, some nights they can give you 35 or 40. So um, I think he would mesh pretty well with LeBron and AD with his space and he can create his own shot. I mean, he can get to any spot on he, the I court. mean, he doesn't
4: play any defense.
6: No, he doesn't play any defense. And that's one thing that would concern me if he came to the Lakers. I just think the Lakers need to go all in, man, and, and they just need to go all in. And, and it's really oh, – yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's really – I don't think it's really a, a situation where the Lakers need – they don't necessarily need a third star, man. I just think they need reliable shooters and reliable role players, bro.
4: Yeah, and, and they were unreliable. Kuzma, I you know, a big fan, but the dude's unreliable.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: Hey, it's Kevin Hart. In this basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back all my game tickets. Plus, tickets for twenty-three of my biggest fans to cheer me on while I enjoy the game. Find your seats. I appreciate the support, people. Eat that pretzel. This'll never get old. Use more napkins. Okay, this is starting to get old. Say the tagline. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours.
3: Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC.
1: TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. Get the Weber Slate Rust-Resistant Griddle with a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned with food-safe oils and ready to cook on right out of the box. With no use of coatings, you can use metal tools to flip, press, and scrape without worry. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. Everything rusts and nobody talks about it because they couldn't fix it until now. With Weber's new rust-resistant technology, your Weber will last for years. When used, our carbon steel griddle hardens and bonds the surface, reducing the ability for moisture to collect and rust to form. This griddle heats evenly edge-to-edge, it reaches up to 500 degrees, With the Weber Works Prep cook and store system, you can keep cooking and cleaning supplies handy, carry food and condiments from kitchen to the griddle, and even convert the side table into a prep station. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate rust-resistant griddle
3: paid by up-level rewards paid participation required actor portrayal
5: attention all listeners are you ready to earn 750 dollars? well get ready because i'm about to introduce you to get 750.com the ultimate way to earn here's the scoop instead of just streaming shows or playing games on your phone for nothing you have the chance to earn additional cash That's right. From trying out new subscriptions to playing your favorite mobile games, you can get extra cash in your pocket. Simply sign up at GetMy750.com and follow the instructions to start earning immediately. So, what are you waiting for? Turn your favorite apps into real cash. With GetMy750.com, don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to earn rewards for things you're already doing on your phone. Check out GetMy750.com today. That's right. Get started right now at GetMy750.com. Just go to GetMy750.com or Google Get My 750 Cash. Follow the simple instructions and get your $750. That's GetMy750.com. GetMy750.com.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
4: Let's move to another Laker target, Bradley Beal. And I will come back to Ben Simmons because I think there's a chance of that. I don't know if it's a fit. But Bradley Beal. Oh. Has not committed to the to the Wizards. They don't have a coach as of now. They might be going to Bradley Beal and saying, "Who can we get to make you to stay?" Answer is probably nobody. But if Bradley Beal says, "I want out and I want to go to the Lakers," he's got one year left before he hits free agency. Who can stop him from saying, "I want to go to the Lakers," and don't don't trade for me, Boston or whoever, because I'm not signing there. Because Anthony Davis did the same damn thing. Why can't Bradley Beal do that? And Ken LeBron get him to do that?
6: Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of that comes down to your agency and what type of agent you have as well. And what type of personality the player has because you know when you do that, when you make that demand, you're going to deal with the backlash. And some players are not accustomed to that backlash because they've always been seen as like, Bradley Beal has always had a pristine image in the media as far as everything. Like, he's never really been viewed as a bad guy or been viewed as a villain by any means. Um, so if he were to come out, like, tomorrow and say, we saw a headline tomorrow on our notifications that said, Bradley bill has requested a trade from the Wizards, we'll be like, oh, man, like, we didn't really see that coming because that guy is always been loyal, just like Dame in Portland. He's been loyal. But there is another guy that I probably would uh, – sacrifice one of my family members for to be on the Lakers. I'll tell you, Bradley Bill, I, I mean, he's high on my list. If you had to give me a top three, he's definitely on the top three. Of, oh,
4: of dude, my- he's perfect. He, he's perfect for LeBron. Now, now, you just mentioned the interesting thing about the agent. We've seen some guys say, I want to demand a trade. I want to do this. And they get hated by the idiots on social media and some of the newspaper guys and those ink-stained wretches who cover the league yeah. go in on the players. But guess what? Six months later when they got a title – how does it feel, Anthony Davis? How does it feel? Uh, well, James Harden doesn't have the title, but he's happy as a clam in Brooklyn. You know, um, some of these guys when they get what they want, it ends up fine. So if you can deal with the short term pain, the long term gain is great. Kevin Durant going to Golden State, then going to Brooklyn, right?
6: Yeah, you're right. So like I said, I would, I I think the guy is more likely to be a Laker out of all these superstars that we're mentioning, like Bradley Beal. Uh, Damian Lillard, the guy that I think has a, I would say, a decent chance of being a Laker. Now, I'm not saying this summer, but I'm saying in the next year or so, would be Russell Westbrook.
4: Oh, <laughs> Cuffs, come on,
6: dude. You would
4: take Russell Westbrook <laughs> no, over I, I, Ben Simmons? Are you
6: joking or serious? No, I'm saying this is not like... I'm not saying I want him on the Lakers. I'm just saying that's 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 a possibility, I think, with uh oh, his connection to LA, like his relationship with LeBron and A. D. Uh, those guys are pretty solid. They're pretty cool, man. Um, I don't know, man. Rob Palenka has a tough job. He got the toughest job of any executive this offseason because that championship window is small for the Lakers right now. Yes. And they have really got to match the gas and and rectify the mistakes they made in free agency. Uh, the last couple of years. Not not just for Well, Wait, now like, wait, Cuffs, hold on. Hold on Cuffs. Say,
4: Did they make mistakes? Because up to one on the Suns, everybody and their mom thought that series was over. If AD doesn't go down, Lakers roll the Suns, right? Maybe yeah,
6: 4-1. This is what I tell people a lot of times, man. You can win an NBA title with a flawed roster. Like, you don't have to have this perfect roster. Like, the Lakers won last year in the bubble, and... You really look at the Lakers roster, their roster had a lot of weaknesses on it. A lot of
4: KCP was like their third best
6: player. Yeah, like they had a lot of they, it was a flawed roster and they still pulled it off. So just like you watching this year, I agree if the Lakers were healthy and Anthony Davis was in top shape, I don't I wouldn't I don't think any series would have went longer than 6 games against anybody, that's including Brooklyn. If the Lakers would well have they been, would have crushed Denver, yeah. Yeah, the Lakers would have been fully healthy all season and just had the season that they thought they were gonna have as far as having everybody available. I think they would have just they would have just blown right through this playoffs. But man, it's it's just it's the war of attrition, like what they all say. And yeah. if we look at this championship we're about to have, I think we're more likely gonna get the Bucks and the Suns. But nobody predicted yeah. that. And, and I and I think <laughs> that neither one of those teams are the best team in the NBA this year. They're the healthiest team. So that's, that's how it all plays out. This every single season is different, man, and I, I think this season is like the wildest we've ever seen as far as guys getting injured. Stars, The right, stars.
4: Cuff, let me know. I need to know your thoughts on Ben Simmons. Who I mean, I've I'm Team Ben Simmons. I'm a fan. I think there's a great buy low opportunity for somebody. Where are you on Ben Simmons?
6: Uh, ben Simmons. I'm actually rooting for Ben Simmons. He's another guy that's getting a lot of a lot of scrutiny on <laughs> social media. Um, It's bad. I mean, it's bad right now for Ben, but I think, you know, he has, he has to really get in the gym. I don't know if he got to call lethal shooter or whoever, but Ah! like, (laughs) like you're killing that guy. No, no. (laughs) And, And this is my thing about it. Like if you, if you're on social media every day, man, and you're saying you're the best basketball, like you're the best shooting coach in the world who needs a shooting coach more than Ben Simmons right now. I mean, he doesn't need anything else. Like, Ben Simmons was born to play defense, bro. Like, if you just look at his physical attributes, like he's a defensive dynamo. Like, I would put him on you could put him on anybody in the league other than Trey Young, probably. And he can do a good job. Probably Steph would give him trouble too. But uh man, Ben Simmons is such an enigma, man, because I honestly feel like he was thrust into being a point guard because his court vision was so great in high school and his and and he was able to just have the ball in high school and just come down and just do what he wanted to do. And a lot of that, a lot of his court vision is based on the fact that he's scared to shoot, though, if you get what I'm saying. Like some guys, oh. some guys have court vision where it's like, I can really break down the defense, like a Trey Young, for example. Trey Young is a great passer. Everybody eats. Everybody eats on the Hawks when Trey Young is out there. Like he's going to give you 40, and he might have 15 assists as well. But he's looking for guys because that's a yeah. part of his game. He has an IQ to to really feel where guys are in certain spots. But I feel like Ben Simmons, he plays what I call like hot potato basketball, where it's like I don't want any – if you notice certain parts of the game, he doesn't even look at the rim when he has the ball. That's a problem for me. And Rondo – Do you think the fouling, the hacking got to him? Yeah, it's definitely um, in his subconscious, man. I feel like uh, he's starting to really think about those free throws, and he doesn't look forward to going to the foul line. And that's that's one way you can assess any player, whether they're young or an NBA player, man. Like, you got to want to go to the foul line. Like, I coach kids at all type of age groups, and you got certain kids on your team that when your team is in the double bonus and there's 30 seconds left in the game and we're trying to seal this win, you got certain players on your team who are trying to get the inbounds pass because they want to shoot those free throws because they know, you know, I practice these shots all the time. I just feel like Ben is just not confident in his skill set. And – He does have time to rectify that. So I feel like he's just in a situation, man, to keep it real with you, Jason, the pressure from the Philly fans. We know they are one of the most fickle Philadelphia sports fans. I mean, I don't want to take any backlash, but I got to keep it real. There are some of the most fickle fans on earth in any sport. Yeah. So if Ben Simmons was in Minnesota or maybe even Utah right now, going through these same struggles, I feel like certain fans in that, fan base would be more patient but yeah. when you were in Philadelphia we saw how they did Carson Wentz we seen how they done like pretty much every star in Philly except yeah. for Allen Iverson Allen Iverson could do no wrong but man Ben Simmons yeah. bro like I, I just feel like it's yeah. time for a new a change of scenery Jason just to answer your question completely I think it's time it's time for a change of scenery and we might see Ben in Minnesota man
3: Yeah,
4: somebody mentioned to me that he doesn't feel safe right now in Philly, and he's getting some threats. So, uh, yeah, I I don't think it's going to end well there for him. I just want to point out, though, this is a guy who had a triple-double in the closeout game against Washington. And you're right, the confidence is not there against Atlanta. It was an awful series. Is it a stretch? And again, Ben Simmons has never won an MVP or been to the finals. But LeBron's series against the Mavs in the finals when he was with the Heat all of a sudden, something happened. He just wasn't LeBron. wasn't being aggressive. Um, I felt like there was a little a hint of that from Ben Simmons against the Hawks. I don't know. Uh, you want to laugh at that? Agree a little bit?
6: I don't. Yeah, it was just gunshot. Like in the basketball world, like people who, like hands on with players, we call that being gunshot. Like Ben Simmons did. It's not that he didn't trust his jump shot because we all know he don't really trust his three ball more than anything. But if you go back and watch those, I know it's summer league. I know it's pickup ball. But we've seen those videos floating around the last couple of weeks uh, with Ben Simmons in the la- like last couple of summers playing pickup ball and sh- and shooting from everywhere. So yeah. that shows you that he can actually shoot a basketball. So that's not in question. <laughs> the part that's in question is upstairs, like the mental aspect of shooting a basketball and saying, "Okay, I've missed three shots in a row." Because everybody can shoot when they hit a couple, like they they, they make every yeah. other shot. But when you start missing two or three in a row. Then you find out who's really a who's really a mentally tough player, who's who has that, you know, who has that mindset, that JR Smith mindset, as I call it, where it's like, hey, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna make every shot. And that's the that's the only thing that's separating Ben Simmons from other guys right now, is that has his yeah. same same body style, his same characteristics physically. He just does not trust himself. And the Philly fans, that pressure, imagine not trusting yourself. And second, guess and second guessing and doubt on yourself, and then living in that fan base around that fan base is tough, man. Yeah,
4: not healthy. Uh, all right, we, we could wrap up on two guys. I'm enamored with the Zion Williamson idea that maybe he does not sign the rookie extension because he's so unhappy. We're starting to hear rumblings, right, that his family doesn't like the situation there. Stan Van Gundy's gone. We don't know what happens with Lonzo with Hart. Um, what do you any, any read on Zion? I, I think it would be awesome for him to play the villain and just say, "I'm out, thanks guys, I'm done here. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go elsewhere." Nobody's ever done it. No like high drafted rookies ever done it. Do you think there's any chance he does that?
6: Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good chance that we will see Ooh. Zion Williamson. This is me. This is my random going out on a limb. You probably can play this back in a couple of years, but I think Zion Williamson will be a New York Knicks at some point. Mm. with R.J. Barrett. Like, they have a great friendship uh, from that time at Duke. And I just think the New York Knicks are building something as far as, like, for young players. If you notice, like, most of their good players this year were younger guys other than Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson and a couple other vets. But the Knicks are building something, but they have a certain energy about them. And I think guys like Zion Williamson are taking notice. I even think Damon Lillard is taking notice to what the Knicks are doing. Because we saw how electric Madison Square Garden was in that first-round series with the Hawks, man. And like, a lot of players around the league are starting to look at New York. Like, that's real – that's a premium free agent destination. And it wasn't that, like, even a year or two ago. Because I still feel like so- – I still feel like in my heart, Kevin Durant and Kyle Reese should have went to the Knicks instead of Brooklyn as far as, like, the hmm. way they would, the way they would be loved in the city. Because if you look at the ticket sales for the playoffs, for example, you can sit lower level at the Brooklyn Nets in the first round, second round series for a couple hundred. Those same exact seats, those same exact seats for the first round matchup with the Hawks, were the lowest ticket was like lower, like like 1500 for the lowest nose mm. leads. So the New York Knicks always will always run the city. So I think even if the Brooklyn Nets win a title or two, it'll never be looked at the same way as bringing a title to the Knicks. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, no,
4: no, definitely. I'm wondering, though, how much of this has to do with the Leon Rose move? What do you know about him?
6: Man, Leon Rose is a basketball mind. And that's why I think the Knicks yeah. have had this resurgence because they got basketball people in the building. Leon Rose, uh, World Wide West, uh, Coach Tibbs. I mean, he's going to be hard-nosed. So that's why I said a guy like Zion Williamson in New Orleans, those guys are looking at other teams, man, like, hold on, man. I like the energy there because players want to be around that vibe. They want to be around a certain vibe, a certain locker room, a certain – the fan base, the energy of the fan base. And when you watch the Pelicans games, man, like I don't even, I, I just cannot get with the Pelicans for some reason. It's I don't know if it's the mascot. I don't know if it's, it's the uniform. <laughs> like I can't get with the Pelicans.
4: Yeah. I mean, listen, Anthony Davis uh, left there and Zion's going to I mean, you just wonder if they turn to the Seattle Sonics in a couple of years. I read some crazy stat that they've never paid the luxury tax. And now they've got Josh Hart and Lonzo this summer. And it's like,
6: Yeah,
4: I I mean, if you lose those two guys, I know you're going super young, but you're not making the playoffs next year.
6: No, and I don't see. I just don't see them building. I just don't see them building a franchise that's like able to compete for a championship. And I could tell Zion wants to win. Like he's a young kid, but you could tell he wants to win. Just like Lamelo Ball in Charlotte, Lamelo Ball. You could tell he plays winning basketball. Yeah, like he's not just there for the highlights, and and like some guys in the league who wanted to. You know, get a nice highlight package so they can get it paid. Like Zion Williamson really wants to win, man. Um,
4: let's wrap up on Luka Doncic. Who, you know, for my if I'm starting a team tomorrow in the NBA and I get first overall pick, age matters. Uh, I'm taking Luka Doncic. I mean, I know you might go KD Harden, I, and I get that. That's fine. I think Luka elevates the play of everyone. Uh, I know he hasn't gotten out of the first round, uh, although I'm sure, uh, listen, Cuffs, that supporting cast is uh, mm. uh, rivals what LeBron had in 07 when he went to the finals, you know, uh, with the Cavs. Fine, maybe not that bad, but on that level, who's going to Dallas? Can Luka get anybody there? Can this Nike guy? I don't, I don't know much about him. What, maybe you know some stuff. Can Jason Kidd, like, what's going to happen in Dallas this offseason?
6: Uh, I agree with you on Luca, man. If I had to pick a player to be my franchise player, it would definitely be him because that was my pick, uh, my preseason pick for MVP. I thought Luca was gonna have to mm. have an MVP year. And I think he's gonna win uh, multiple multiple MVPs before it's all said and done. Uh man, but to answer your question, man, uh bro, that's tough. I I don't think Dallas will have a hard time attracting free agents. Because Mark Cuban, I mean, you've seen what he's done with the organization all the way down to the locker rooms, to the team playing like he makes the accommodations very sweet and the amenities very sweet for players. Um, but I just think, honestly, I think the perfect running mate for Luca would have been Giannis if he wouldn't have signed that extension with. with oh, yeah. That would have been a really good because Luca has to play with a guy who doesn't really need the ball in his hands cuz we, we all know that Luka Doncic has one of the highest usage rates in the NBA. He he has the ball in his hands the you know, majority of the time and that's why I feel like uh Porzingis we we we've we seen the stories in the last couple of days. I mean, honestly we've been hearing the rumblings for a while but they they said those two guys do not like each other at all. They do not yeah. like each other and you can kind of see it on the court, man. Like there's no there's no real rapport with those two guys. So I feel like for one, Dallas has to find a a nice trade package for Porzingis. Because I tweeted this probably when – I want to say the first year Porzingis came to Dallas. And I started to see it. And I was like, they got to find a way to, to move Porzingis before the jig is up. Like before before his value diminishes. Because <laughs> we started like. to see Porzingis' value diminish compared to what it was when he was in New York. Yeah, So you, that's why I say a lot of these front office guys, some of them make the move a little too late like a year or two too late so I, they got to they got to hammer down a nice trade package for Porzingis this summer because it's obvious those two those two guys are not going to be able to mesh well together and win a championship together so i don't know you might you might we you might, you might see dame i mean cuz dame can play off the ball Dame, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh Bradley Beal could be a fit there? Yep, Bradley Beal. Anybody that can Doesn't play need, yeah. Yeah, anybody that can play off the ball will really flourish with with Luka Doncic because he's going to have but that. But nobody
4: re- want nobody's going to want Porzingis, man.
6: I know, man. It's like it's like trying to give away it's like trying to give away a couch on a yard sale, bro. Like like <laughs> <laughs> the neighborhood yard sale <laughs> like, "Hey, I got a no, lady. Wait, wait, wait. free, got, just take it away. I'll load it right. onto your truck." Bro, my next-door you know? neighbor, nice lady, she got a beautiful couch set right now on her driveway and it's like nobody wants it. And I feel like nobody. Yeah. A lot of teams going to do that for cuz its value has dropped, man. Like big
4: time, uh, I'll give you my final Ben Simmons um, wacky trait. I, I can see Ben Simmons landing in Toronto. I I don't know if they're going to keep Masai. I don't know if you've heard anything on him, but if I'm a team, I just I, I trade for Ben Simmons. I jam him at the five, and I try something radical. Uh, I know he's not yeah. going to want to play the five, but how many good centers are in the league? Seriously, uh, there's, there's like maybe five. Yo, this going. Uh, I mean, we just saw Rudy Gobert in Utah. They won the regular season, big whooping, big big deal. What do they do in the playoffs? Hey, Jason, like Rudy Gobert at like,
6: what? yeah. It doesn't sound crazy at all by you saying you would put Giannis at. I mean, not Giannis. You saying you would put Ben Simmons at the five in Toronto?
4: At the five. That's yeah. not
6: crazy at all because that's the problem. These players coming to the NBA, and uh, whether it's the scouts, the college scouts, the NBA scouts, different scouts. They are giving these kids positions when they're in AAU, when they're in middle school, they're in high school. Like I said earlier about Ben Simmons having the ball in his hands in AAU, just because he played point guard in high school does not mean he's a point guard. Even that one year at LSU, you can do that in the SEC in college basketball because you're a physical yeah. freak. But when you get to the NBA, bro, like you're going to get exposed when you're playing out of position. That's all that's happening with Ben. If you, Like you said, if you stick him at the four, and he maybe can play some point forward, like an Anthony Mason-type guy, where Anthony Mason played before, but he had the ball in his hands, facilitating sometimes. You have to put him in that role, but you can't make him your primary ball handler. You can't be your Luka Donitz, your LeBron. Yeah. And I think when Ben Simmons first came in, everybody saw his physical dimensions. He's 6'9", he's chiseled, he's muscular, he's athletic. So a lot of, of cornball scouts immediately did what? He, he's the next LeBron James. <laughs> He's the next <laughs> LeBron James like we gotta stop that like you saw the remarks the last couple of weeks they've made I forgot who said it I think it was Stephen a Stephen A came out oh, on gosh. national TV and said Devin Booker is the next Kobe Bryant
4: oh gosh
6: Come like, on, we've Davis. gotta we've gotta stop doing that because you're putting pressure on who Devin Booker bro he's he's yeah. not he's not Kobe Bryant and just like Ben Simmons is not LeBron James we got to respect his skill set for what it is and try to find, like you said, a situation. Golden State Warriors might be a possibility. You never know. I, I
4: still think that's in play, yeah. I mean, if, if you make Ben – I don't want to say you turn him into Clint Capella, right? But if you've got Ben Simmons as your five and all he's doing is setting screens, and I know you want to sag off him because he can't shoot. Well, guess what? You, if, you, if he's setting screens for a great shooter, then that guy's going to get tons of open looks because you're not hugging up Ben Simmons. I mean, someone's got to get creative because – I mean, Cuffs, you know this. If you don't have a major star in this league, you're not winning. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, w- I would try something outside the box, something radical. And guess what? The Warriors did that with the the small ball, and it brought them
6: greatness. Uh, everybody else copied it, and now you got to try something new, right? I could see Simmons on the Raptors. I could see him on – I definitely could see him on Golden State because they would be the one team that's unorthodox and think outside the box that would put them at the four and the five in like a Draymond Green role. Yeah. And, and we can see him flourish in that situation. But at the end of the day, man, I am rooting for Ben Simmons, man, because he is so young and he got a lot more time. And I, I hate when we write guys off because guess what we did? Yeah. We saw that. We saw everybody do that to Rady Jackson. They, we saw it. <laughs> yeah. They wrote Rady Jackson off, man. And Rady Jackson looking like he going to get a hundred million this summer, man.
4: Yeah. People forget we're not paying for what the guy was. We're paying for what we think they can be. And, I mean, I think you got to pay Reggie Jackson, given what he can be now as a a better player. But anyways, Cuffs, we've gone long. Sorry to chew up so much of your time. Great stuff, as always, on the NBA. Uh, Enjoy uh, your conversations with KD and (laughs) Dave and LeBron, and congrats on your rise in media,
6: man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on, man. It's always a good time.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue, while you prep your meats.